The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. friends and welcome back to another episode of the Roto World Football Podcast. No, it is not Tuesday. It is Thursday. I am joining you today with Nick Menzio later on and coming up shortly it is Rich Rebar. But before I get to Rich who writes the worksheet as you know over at rotoworld.com, I have a challenge for all of you out there. You know, it's the giving season. It's the gift season no matter what the Grinch Ray Summerlin says. Um, and what my challenge to you is, is if your parents, significant other, whatever, inherit or are gifted like an iPhone, iPad, new phone, new tablet, whatever it is this holiday season, just pre-program it with the Rotor World Football Podcast list. You know, go to that um, application, subscribe to the Rotor World Football Podcast, or if you like standing at like an Apple store, Best Buy, whatever this holiday season just, you know, take five, ten seconds and subscribe to the Rotor Road Football Podcast. You know, it helps us grow the brand a little bit. All right. After that, it is time for Rich Rebar. Rich, I feel like a substitute teacher uh, stepping in <laughs> on short notice to uh, a class full of misfits. Do I have that correct? I don't know, man. I mean, me and you do this every Sunday. So, I mean, since we're, we don't get a chance to do it this Sunday because, you know, everyone at, you know, NBC there is going home for the holidays. It was just I mean, me. I feel like it's just, it's just, you know, hey, man, this is business as usual. This is what me and you do, though. This is true. This is true. Okay. So, what I was told, this is what the notes that the previous teacher left for me, was that you discuss the Thursday games, which there are none this week. So, we will discuss the Saturday games. And this Saturday is obviously the Colts and Ravens in the early window, and then the Vikings and the Packers in the later window. I mean, two playoff teams likely, possibly, in this one, I guess. Are the Ravens even contending for a spot? Of course they are. Um, yeah. And, and, and the Vikings as well. So why don't we start off with that Colts and Ravens game. To me, the only one that stands out is Alex Collins, but who else stands out to you? 
Well, I mean, Joe Flacco is, I think, probably the best streamer on the board because, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm assuming Blake Bortles is gone in leagues out there. If you've made it to championship games, he's been a QB one the past four weeks. I, I mean, I would hope that someone have already picked him up by now. But you know, if Bortles is, it does happen to be owned. I mean, and you're looking for a quarterback, you definitely want to pick him up. But I mean, if you have just been playing matchups and getting by, and you need a guy, I mean, I think Flacco is really interesting. I mean, he's gotten it going at the end of the season. He's had a string of prime matchups, and he's kind of delivered on them. And the Ravens have been hot, man. The Ravens have scored a touchdown on 32.4% of their drives the past three weeks. That's fourth in the NFL. And Flacco has averaged uh, 7.3 yards per pass attempt over that span, which is 15th in the NFL, but significant because he was 39th in the league prior to that. He had just 5.3 yards per pass attempt up until three weeks ago, uh, which was pretty laughably horrible. Uh, but, you know, he gets a, a Colts team that we saw last Thursday. I mean, they just they, – Brock Osweiler had 25 fantasy points in yeah, that game nuts. against the Colts. Uh, they're last in the league in yards per pass attempt allowed to opposing passers because they're just giving up just giant chunk plays in the passing game. They're 31st and rate of completions allowed to gain 10 or more yards in the league and they're last in the league in giving up uh, the highest rate of completions they go for 20 or more yards in the league so i think when you look at flacco he's had the 16 or more points now in three straight games he's shown that he can take advantage of soft matchups and the colts have allowed the most qb1 weeks on the season to qbs that aren't currently qb1s on the season so i mean um, I mean, Flacco is, is a guy I think that's going to offer like a, a, a nice steady floor of points for you. I don't think he's a guy that's going to win the week for you. But I mean, I think he's in a good spot and he's, you know, a good a good option on those. If you're playing that Saturday slate, you know, right. as it rolls in, I mean, he's he's a nice cheap option. You can kind of plug in and, you know, like I said, take your bet of points. And the standard process for, you know, streamer quarterback is home favorites and hopefully they score at least. Uh, are expected to score 24 points. Like, we've got some heavy home favorites this week, and Baltimore's mm-hmm. one of them. You also have the Saints, the Patriots, the Panthers, and the Chiefs. So, yeah, I mean, the one to attack of that group might be uh, Joe Flacco. Um, cool to move on to the other game, or is there anything else you want to talk about with the Colts, other T.Y. Hilton, who's a bench, and if you have him and you made it to the championship, <laughs> good on you. I mean, if you if you made it to the championship game with T.Y. Hilton on your roster, it wasn't because you've been playing him. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on then to... The Vikings and the Packers, a different Packers team that took the field last week than will this week. Um, One, likely no Devontae Adams, right? I believe he's still in the concussion protocol at the time of recording this podcast. And obviously no Aaron Rodgers. Um, And perhaps most importantly to people who are in the championship game, Reeves, Jamal Williams lost quite a bit of his workload last week. Something many of us have been scared of for weeks was that more, do you think, matchup-based against the Panthers and playing from behind? Or do you think that could affect him this week against another solid defense of the Vikings? Yeah, I think it was all encompassing. I mean, you look at they they were 72% pass last week, and you know part of that was game script induced. They were they were behind pretty steadily in the second half of that game. Well, I guess I mean they were only down seven going in the fourth quarter, uh, so I guess maybe not. But they they were pass heavy all the way throughout. Um, you know, which was interesting because Rodgers, you know, was definitely kind of he wasn't the the Rodgers that we had had kind of thought. And you know that we had talked about it on the show on Sunday that you know about guys coming back and listen, playing quarterbacks hard when you don't play it for two months, yeah. and you know that you know especially when you go on the road. Uh, so, but they were. 72% pass last week after being 55% pass, you know, and Hunley starts. So I definitely think they want to go back to, you know, just getting the ball out of Hunley's hands fast. You know, if you look at Hunley, I mean, he, he hardly threw the ball downfield at all in any of his games. And that was something going back to UCLA. That was, 
his deal. I mean, he just successfully doesn't throw the deep ball. Uh, and the, the Packers were cognizant of it. And their offensive line isn't good, so it kind of played, you know, hand in hand. Uh, but, I mean, it's just, a, it's just a poor matchup. I think they want to give Jamal Williams the ball more. But, I mean, I just don't know if this is a spot they really are going to. And, and, and the Vikings are just such a good defense. And they're second yards per scrimmage allowed to opposing backfields. The run defense is just so good. I mean, I just I think you're going to have to get him. He has to fall in the end zone for you for him to be useful, I think, this week. So we saw what Devontae Adams was with Brett Hundley, and a lot of that, like you discussed, was kind of manufactured receptions, either at the line of scrimmage or a little bit beyond. Let's say he doesn't play. Does this finally mean Jordy Nelson might be not a play necessarily, but a little more attractive, Randall Cobb or Geronimo Allison, someone like that? I think that, I mean, if you want to just play like an apples to apples, you would say, well, Devontae Adams was targeted on 28% of, of Brett Hundley's targets. So the guy filling in for him, say, Jeronimo Allison, like it, like just by default byproduct of those plays and where the reads go, you would say, oh, Jeronimo Allison would be the guy. But I mean, I think when you just when you t- unpack this matchup, it's just it's so bad. I mean, the Vikings have allowed five riders, top 24 wide receivers in a season. And if you look at it like Jordy, well, if Adams is out, who's going to be guarding Jordy? It's going to be Xavier Rhodes now. Yeah. And we're talking about a guy that's had 35 yards or fewer in eight straight games. So, I mean, that's hands-off material. I think Cobb kind of becomes the interesting guy. I mean, even the game before, he had eight catches. He's been a wide receiver three or better, and now four of his past six games. Uh, so, I mean, he kind of has some life as like a floor play. But, I mean, you're looking at this Vikings matchup, and it's on the road where the Vikings have not been as good as they are at home. But it's just it's hard to draw a picture now with the Packers out of it going to Brad Hundley and saying, you really want to play any of these Green Bay Packers at all. And we saw what Cam Newton did last week against this Packers defense. Mm. So I'm guessing that this means Case Keenum, obviously he's no Cam Newton, but he certainly has been more than expected so far this year. Uh, Case Keenum against his Packers defense is kind of intriguing as well. Oh, I mean, you just want to keep using Case Keenum, man. He's got 16 or more points now in, what, seven straight games? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, he's had one of – that's the longest streak in the league. Yeah, seven straight games in 16 points, longest streak in the league. You look at the Packers, they've allowed four QB1 games in a row – uh, and one of those was to Deshaun Kaiser and, and a passing Deshaun Kaiser. He, Deshaun Kaiser with no rushing yards in that game and uh, a Jameis Winston that hadn't played football in a month. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's a prime matchup. It's a secondary. It's at least a one of Devon House. Uh, they just really can't cover anyone. I mean, if you watched it, I mean, obviously you, you watched it and a bunch of people did with Eric Casario Rogers back. I mean, the touchdowns were easy touchdowns they gave up. Easy. You know, outside of that, outside of the one Demir Bird, you know, caught with his butt cheeks in the in the end zone, uh, <laughs> you know. But Greg Olson's like Greg Olson is all alone. Demir Bird ran yeah. like a, a his, Demir Bird's second touchdown. He just ran an inside slant like a, a, a shell coverage and was it, it's easy touchdowns they gave up. The arrow, you know, the the choice route by uh, the the angle route by McCaffrey, like they were easy touchdowns. So right. I mean, I think Keenum, like the only thing you worry about is that you know Mike Zimmer is a guy that's not going to like they're. If they're up like they were last week against the Bengals, you saw like Keenum's not not going to have like a really high ceiling. It's going to be more he's just going to have a really solid game and a solid floor because Mike Zimmer's just not a team that's going to hang up a fifty burger uh, like on a team. You know they're going to run the football and play defense. Yeah, if, uh, if, uh, if, if the scoreboard <laughs> is tight, I mean I, I could see this being a Stephon Diggs game as well. Like it's obviously always an Adam Thielen game unless it was last week, right, where they just completely dominated <laughs> the other opponent and Teddy Bridgewater got in the game. Um, but again, it, it's just amazing to me. Because Diggs is talented. We talk about this like every single Sunday, basically. And I just wish the opportunity was there each and every week. But it's because, I mean, Adam Thielen is playing like a top 10 wide receiver. Uh, Okay, you mentioned if it is a potential blowout, which it absolutely possibly could be because of how favored the Vikings are. 
trickle down here to Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. And Jarek McKinnon, once again, is getting around 10-plus touches and doing work when afforded those opportunities. Yeah, Jarek McKinnon, the only running back since Dalvin Cook got hurt, the only the only running backs that have more receptions than Jarek McKinnon's 42 are Le'Veon Bell and Alvin Kamara. So he's had a really safe floor. He's a really good PPR option. Uh, the Packers have allowed the most receiving points uh, per game to running backs. Uh, I guess instead of saying per game, we can just say on the season now since everyone's played the same amount of games. Uh, um, but yeah, you saw what Christian McCaffrey did last week. I mean, it was it was easy easy money for Cam at the beginning of the game. They used McCaffrey to set everything up at the beginning of the game. That's what really got Cam rolling. Those first couple drives, McCaffrey picked up chunk chunk yards out of the backfield. Uh, and McKinnon was a guy that hurt him out of the backfield when they played in Minnesota early in the season. So I think that, yeah, McKinnon's a nice safe floor play. I mean, Latavius Murray – is you like him because of the game script and the favorites. I mean, he's got to get in the end zone for you. He's, he's right. had 12 or more points in six to eight straight games, but it's because he's scoring touchdowns. That's what's getting him. In the three games he hasn't scored, he's been the RB23, the RB43, and the RB59. So, I mean, there is still, like, potential for a low floor there, but, like, you you like him for what his role is in a game like this because, like I said, the game script's going to be there and the scoring opportunities are going to be there. So, I mean, I think you keep using him as an like RB2 flex as well. Um, and, and all Vikings are in play. I mean, everyone's in play for the Vikings. Rich, did I complete the task? Did I live up to race standards? You did. I would say if we circle back to that front game, if you are looking for like a wide receiver body, if you lost Antonio Brown, um, you know, if Jerry Macklin is inactive and Rashawn Melvin is still inactive, I think Mike Wallace is a guy that still might be floating around on a lot of waiver wires and is probably could be like a top 30, like wide receiver three guy. It's not going to be Antonio Brown for you, obviously, but he's probably a guy that could have a decent game, you know, if he's still out there and you really just are fishing for a body. And Reeves, let's talk about that worksheet. I know you have three names prepared. This is what I was told just now. And Deion Lewis and Tom Brady are a grouping and pairing in this one. And to me, if Deion Lewis perhaps potentially gets even more interesting with Rex Burkhead out, or does that just mean, and I know I'm throwing a new name at you, but that Mike Gillisley could absolutely just inherit that role. And we just don't even know. We're even guessing from this vantage point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, honestly, if you've had Tom Brady, you probably aren't doing great. I mean, he's he picked a great time to go on a fantasy slide. He's been the QB 28, the QB 23, and the QB 19 over the past three weeks. You know, so likely sending majority of his owners, you know, home in the fantasy postseason. He's thrown an interception now in four consecutive games for the first time since 2013. Uh, he's also been a victim to decline performance in repeat divisional games uh, late in the season. He's thrown two or fewer touchdown passes in 13 of his past 16 uh, December games against divisional opponents. He's averaging 234 passing yards in those games, and he's had just three 300-yard passing games. That matchup kind of ties into the Bills. I mean, they've allowed just one quarterback on the season to finish higher than QB 12 on the year, despite having eight games where they faced a quarterback that's in the top half of seasonal scoring at the position, mostly because they just aren't giving up passing touchdowns because their run defense is so bad. I mean, Buffalo is allowing just a touchdown pass just once every 305 passing yards. It's the lowest rate in the league. League average is 169 passing yards uh, per allowed touchdown. So that kind of rolls into Deion Lewis. I mean, if, if, if they're going to depress passing touchdowns but still are getting gashed on the ground you look at Deion Lewis he's post double digit points in five of his past six games he's established himself as truly efficient back in the New England offense 
14.6% of Deion Lewis's rushing attempts have gone for 10 or more yards. That's the third highest rate of all running backs in the NFL with 50 or more carries in the season. That's relevant because Buffalo has allowed 40 runs of 10 or more yards since trading Marcel Darius in Week 9. It's the most in the league. They're allowing 149.6 rushing yards per game over the span. That's the most in the league. You kind of alluded to it. It's it's possible that the Patriots can reincorporate, you know, both James White and Mike Gillisley as Rex Burkett kind of took both of those roles and mashed them into one, you know, and they can put those guys in like a three-headed, you know, uh, Cerberus, you know, in the backfield like it was earlier in the season. But, I mean, Lewis's role is stable even if that happens, and the matchup is so good on the ground that, I mean, I think it's it's, it's a really good week to have Dean Lewis. And, and he could easily just – get those carries as well instead of Mike Gillisley. It's, I mean, converting short yardage opp- opportunities is more opportunity for the running back than it Correct. is a, a guy like be able to turn in success rates. If you, I mean, if you give Deion Lewis those allotment of carries that Rex Burke had had inside the five, I mean, he probably converts a decent amount of those are touchdowns as well. And let's close it out with Kareem Hunt, a name that, you know, for weeks I was just frustrated with. A lot of people were frustrated <laughs> with. Yeah. Uh, yelled at all of you on Roto World Live about him. And I, I got some flack for it this past weekend, but Reeves, I mean, every league that I had him in, I obviously played him, right? It's just one of those where frustration was allowed. Um, okay, my question to you is this. He obviously started the season on fire. Will he bookend it and finish it again with back-to-back great weeks? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, you look at last week, I mean, he had a target or a touch on 77% of his snaps. Uh, that was uh, his highest rate in a game this season. His previous high was just 60%, and that was way back in week five. So he, they definitely had a game plan where they were going to ride him last week, and he was the hot hand. He turned in a 600-yard rushing game this season. That was a franchise record for a rookie running back in Kansas City. He has six carries of 10 or more yards over the past two weeks. He had just seven splash runs of 10 or more yards over his previous seven games. So, I mean, he's got those back. He's got those back in his repertoire. Uh, he's had 28 and 31 touches now over the past weeks. And if you look at the Dolphins, they just haven't traveled well at all this season. They're allowing 139.1 rushing yards per game on the road this season. And they've allowed a RB1 and four straight road games. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, Kareem Hunt is going to be a guy that got you wins, you know, off the season, got you yep. in the playoffs. And hopefully you just kind of cruise through the the bad stretch. And he's going to be a guy that's going to close wins for you, you know, to close the season. That That's how it's working for me. Uh, okay, Reeves, <laughs> thanks so much. Uh, I appreciate it. I think now we are done with your segment. And now we can move over to to Nick Minzio's portion of the show. And we are back with Nick Minzio. I still feel like a substitute teacher, but here we go. Nick writes his favorite starts and the most notable sits over at rotoworld.com. So be sure to check out that entire column. We'll just talk about four names here. Uh, Nick, one of them, spoiler alert here, but it's it's theoretic, and I understand it from your perspective just based on the fact that they've played Cincinnati Bengals. And over the last few weeks, without Vontez Perfect, I feel like that Bengals linebacker group has really, really looked slow without him on the field. Yeah, definitely. They're just battling a ton of injuries in Cincinnati. They've kind of mailed it in now. That nothing, Nothing's going right over there. Defense is super banged up. Uh, the Bengals have allowed the third most catches to running backs, the most yards receiving to running backs this season. Like you said, no Vontez perfect. Their weak side linebacker, their stud playmaker and that linebacker group. Uh, I think Vinny Ray is still hurt as well over there. Uh, their other linebacker, Nick Vigil went on IR a couple weeks ago. I mean, this, this, this team's just super banged up. 
Uh, Theo Riddick has double-digit touches three straight weeks. Amir Abdullah came back last week, played under 15% of the snaps. Doesn't look like he's going to be involved in the plans very much. Uh, the Lions have a nice 24-point implied team total here. Not super high for the week, but, but it's, it's comfortable range. I like 24. It's not low either. So uh, The Lions are the most pass-happy team in the NFL, the highest pass-to-run ratio in the league right now. So. This offense goes through the pass, through the air. Uh, I like Riddick to catch catch a, about a handful of balls here, get a handful of carries, uh, maybe flirt with, the end, flirt with the end zone a little bit. Can we just spend a moment on Amir Abdullah? And uh, you, you don't necessarily have to comment. This is someone who, like, I absolutely have loved in the past. And, like, as a, like, raw talent, as a pure player, like, I still think he's a good thought, okay? It's like my imagination goes wild thinking of what Amir Abdullah could do. But – there is no way that like I ever want any part of him now in the future, whatever, just in this current situation, because it, it has yeah. not worked out at all for him. I know you love them at Nebraska coming out and all yeah. that. Uh, God, he just needs to get out of Detroit, man. I think he's like one of my least favorite players, like to even just think about him. Fancy and I hate how he just like <laughs> gets in the way of theoretic. Cause theoretic was one of my boys uh, over the summer and it, it just didn't work out that well, but it's, it's working out right now in the most crucial time of fantasy season. So, yeah, I'll take what I can get with him. And and I actually blame Amir Abdullah a little bit for making me overlook David Johnson. And I'll explain to you why. And it's because mm-hmm. both were like spark stars. Both composite scores were outstanding. I think Amir Abdullah's was like the 98th percentile and David Johnson's was the 96th. So like if, if someone like Amir Abdullah, who, you know, had so much production coming out of a big time FBS program, who was also at the senior bowl, wasn't there, then maybe some of our focus then could have been paid more attention to David Johnson, who obviously was so productive and at an FCS level, big body, great athleticism, that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. again, I, I, I blame uh, Amir Abdullah for my blind spot. All right. Another one of your starts is part of. The L.A. Rams. Your L.A. Rams. Correct, Nick Benzio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'll still claim them. I'll still claim them. I mean, I root for them when they're good. I kind of trash them when they're bad. So I guess that's my team. I don't do that with any other team. So I, I'll claim them still. But Robert Woods here uh, against the Titans this week. The Titans are 24th in pass defense, CBOA, 25th in just total pass defense, total yards allowed through the air. Definite pass funnel defense here. Um, they face the second most pass attempts in the league. Uh, Robert Woods came back last week after that three-week absence from the shoulder injury, saw seven targets, which was 33% of Jared Goff's throws, easily led the team, scored a short touchdown. Uh, the Titans are just super bad against the pass. Uh, the Rams have a 27-point implied team total, fifth highest of the week. I mean, everything points in Woods' favor. He's just picking up right where he left off. So Saw double-digit touches in back-to-back games before he got hurt. Uh they didn't throw the ball a ton last week. They didn't need to after just destroying Seattle. So expect this game to be a little bit closer, obviously, than a 35-point game. So I like Woods in this spot a lot. He's an awesome wide receiver to play for a fantasy Super Bowl week. And on the other side of the coin, you have someone on the San Francisco 49ers, kind of part of that hype duo from last week. Mm-hmm. I'll make it a trio, man. Jimmy Garoppolo, Marquise Goodwin. And Trent Taylor. I mean, maybe I'm the only person throwing Trent Taylor in there, but I will no matter what. Uh, but Marquise <laughs> Goodwin is, is, is someone we finally are seeing production from and plenty of it. Uh, and he's been thriving in this offense, but, you know, they're hitting a roadblock this week. Yeah, Marquise Goodwin, back, Goodwin back-to-back 100-yard games. He has three in his career, two in the past two weeks. So he's doing awesome work with Jimmy Garoppolo right now. 
Uh, he's running more more diverse route trees, so they're getting the ball in different looks, not just running go routes, you know. So that's awesome for him. But the Jaguars, like you said, just like number one in pretty much every defensive pass category you can be in. Uh, I, I'm not looking forward to playing Marquise Goodwin against guys like Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boyer on the outside this week. I just – I got to go somewhere else to find better options. Like, I mean, Robert Woods is up, obviously up there. Uh, there's better players across the board everywhere. I mean, the, the 49ers team totals 18 points. The only thing I can really hang my hat on here is they're at home. Uh, Jimmy Grapple is playing awesome. Uh, he's throwing the ball downfield more than guys like CJ Beathard and uh, Brian Hoyer were Brian Hoyer were previously. So we got that going in the Jaguars clinched the playoffs by last week. So they might be taking it, taking uh, the week off a little bit, you know, traveling across country. So I could see them popping a big play. I know the, the Jaguars are one of nine teams who have allowed double-digit 40-yard uh, completions this season. So Goodwin can be, obviously break a long one. He has awesome speed, but I'm I'm not hanging my head on that at all this week. Well, I'm crossing my fingers for it because in our dynasty league with you know all of Roto World and then a bunch of the top right. minds in the industry, I am down Antonio Brown versus Mike Clay in the championship, and I have to Ooh, shove man. in Marquise Goodwin in his place. So That hurts bad. <laughs> maybe I'll just take the zero from Antonio Brown and just move on. Uh, okay, let's close it out with someone in the Houston Texans. Gosh, I mean, up and down roller coaster for them this season. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins will still get his targets, but what do you think mm-hmm. about Lamar Miller this weekend? Yeah, I'm not feeling Lamar Miller whatsoever. Uh, last Shocking. week, he only got nine carries and two catches against the uh, Jaguars when they got blown out. Uh, Game script totally worked against him. I could see it working against him again. The Steelers are coming in to Houston, uh, still fighting for a home field advantage in the AFC if the, if the Patriots lose a game. The rest, one of their final two games, and the Steelers win their final two. I think the Steelers clinch AFC home field advantage. So they're still fighting for that. I could see a blowout here. Um, the Steelers are number eight in total run defense. Uh, Lamar Miller hasn't top six, has top 60 yards rushing in one game over his past nine has just two rushing touchdowns in that span as well. He's, he doesn't have a 100-yard game on the season. Uh, man, I just it's hard to get excited about Lamar Miller here. The only thing I could see in his favor is they're playing at home. Could Great. possibly keep it closer, but they're still double-digit uh, underdogs here. So I'm not excited about playing Lamar Miller at all. Yeah, game script likely not in his favor. Like it was um, for the Ravens in some part. At least it was neutral and equal mm-hmm. at times when they faced the Steelers. Because we opened this conversation with – the Bengals linebackers and how they've looked slow and the Steelers obviously have since Ryan Shazier went down. But like you mentioned, yeah. it's a, it's a big point, you know, being 10 point underdogs or whatever they are. It, it is unlikely that Lamar Miller sees, you know, 20 plus touches. Um, all right, Nick, yeah, you definitely. can check out, you can check out the rest of Nick's columns. These are just four names. It's loaded with a number of others. And like we've been talking about, and as you know, it's championship week. So we're doing our best to help you get over the top. So thanks to Rich. Thanks to Nick, and thanks to all of you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, whatever you want to do. It's the giving season. And we will be back on Friday slash Saturday with the other half of the Roto Road Football Cruise. Until next time, see ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? 
also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 